Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Focus. This is your host, DJ Act One, and I'm coming to you live from my studio. And we all know where that is, so I won't be going into that. But I want to welcome you all back to the first show in quite a while. I've been doing a lot of uh, college stuff and trying to get my photography portfolio all put together so that I can be a professional and maybe actually be able to fund in the near future, fund this station through Blog Talk Radio because they, you know, kind of did away with everything for the for the normal people that don't really have a lot of cash right now. So if you're rich and you can afford it, why well, go for it? But maybe in the near future or in the distant future, sometime I'll be able to handle that as well. But I have an awesome show because what? Yeah, you read the title right. A fair murder and still a man after God's own heart. What? Are you kidding me? Nope. That's what uh, King David was called. And uh, actually God said it himself. Or actually it wasn't God, but it was said in Acts. So we'll talk about that as well as tell you the story of how David did what he did. So, but, so with that being said, I want to get to a song. And we haven't heard from this guy in a while. This is B-Shock with Fruits of the Spirit here on The Focus. Christ. Listen, 
Actually, go download a bunch of his stuff for free. Beshock.com. His music is awesome. And tell him that you heard about him here on The Focus. BlogTalkRadio.com backslash The Focus. All right, so this morning's show, I'm talking about... Because there's, there's been some people that want to say, Oh, but I'm terrible. I'm horrible. I'm awful. I'm so... I've just... I can't know. I'm so bad that I've done all these things and Jesus I can't know. I can't be forgiven and I'm going to walk out of my faith because I'm just such a terrible, horrible person that I can't do this or I can't do that. But I want to look at the life of David. I want to look at uh, King David, actually. King. King. King David here. And I'm going to pick up here at... uh. Second Samuel 11, verse 2, says, Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked onto the roof of the king's house. And, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, Is that not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elim, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity. And she returned to her house. And the woman conceived, so she sent and told David and said, I am with child. Then David sent Joab, saying, Send me me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah had come come to him, David asked how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, Go to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah departed from the king's house. And a gift of food from the king followed him. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord and did not go down to his house. So when they told David, saying, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Do not come from... Do you, did you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? And Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in open fields. Shall I go to my house and eat and drink and lie with my wife as you as you live and as your souls live? I will not do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, "Wait here today also, and tomorrow I will, I will let in tomorrow. Wait here today also, and tomorrow I will let you depart 
So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. Now when David called him, he ate and drank before him, and he made him drunk. And at that evening he went out to lie in his bed with his servants of his Lord, but he did not go down to his house. So basically, David is calling this dude in, saying, okay, you know, Go do this, go do this. He's trying to send him away, trying to get rid of him, and he won't go anywhere. So think about that. King David trying to get rid of the husband of a man, a woman that she has had sexual relationship with, a woman he slept with. They say, you know, and here it says that he lied down with her, but that means that they procreated that they had a child that you know he got her pregnant so anyways think just just think okay now most people today in churches they would go oh my gosh you went to a woman that was already married and you had you know you made had sex with her or you did this or that whatever you want to call it blah 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 etc 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 you know they would they'd They'd put this big emphasis on how terrible and horrible it was and all that stuff, right? Right, right? No. I mean, yeah. You know, go to most churches, that's what you get. So, just think about that. You know, like, like what would you, you know, what would churches do today versus like 20 years ago? Even back then, it'd be even worse than it is today because some people are supposed to be so understanding. But I think the understanding is actually that a lot of people today may have done similar things or whatever because the, the society's all screwed up. So anyways, we're going to continue on now. We're going to look at verse 11. Or no, excuse me, verse 12. So this is Second Samuel verse twelve, eleven, verse twelve. It says then David said to Uriah, "Wait here today also, and tomorrow I will let you depart." So basically, I'll let you go back to to the war. Basically, so Uriah remained in Jerusalem the next day. So he stayed there all the next day. Now David called him. He ate and drank with him. Basically, he's going to get him drunk so that he will be stupid and he can do you know get him to do whatever he wants. So. In the morning, verse 14, it happened that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote a letter saying, set Uriah in the forefront of the the hottest battle and retreat from him that he may be struck down and die. So it was, while Joab besieged the city, that he assigned Uriah to a place where he knew there would be violent men. Valiant men. Sorry about that. And then, then in verse 17, the men of the city came out and fought with Joab. And some of the people of the servants of David fell. And Uriah the Hittite died also. Okay, so David has just committed, you know, David, has, to, to bring you up to speed again, David sees a woman bathing. He calls her to him. He's in lays with her, if and you know what that means. But he lays with her. Once he lays with her, 
He then continues on to to uh, to desire her. So he sends, you know, he sends for Bathsheba. You know, he talks. Bathsheba sends him, or uh, wrong name, sorry. But he sends for this woman, and he says, yeah, Bathsheba. He sends for her. Sorry, I'm getting some stories mixed up in my head here. But he sends for Bathsheba. Bathsheba, and she, you know, she says blah blah blah, and they do whatever they do, and then she sends word, oh, I'm pregnant, I'm having your child, basically, and so David, I guess, not wanting anybody to know, or wanting everything to seem okay, sends for her husband, Uriah the Hittite, and tries to get him drunk, tries to get rid of him, tries to make him run off, tries to do whatever, tries to send him away, and he won't go, and he's, you know, he's a loyal man. He's got a wife. He's got, a, you know, he wants to honor his his king or whatever you want to call it. Um, his, you know, to his lord, I guess he calls him. But like his, yeah. So you get there, and he's still refusing. So David's like, okay, let's send him to the front of the battle. Imagine like Narnia, uh, Chronicles of Narnia, the bat, one of the big battles in Chronicles of Narnia, or even imagine Lord of the Rings, big huge battle. Tons and tons of people just crowding and going crazy, fighting, and it's all you see is just team, uh, army after you know army to army, and just imagine some of the biggest people or some of the weakest people being sent straight to the front where all the fighting is taking place. What would happen then? What would happen then? Of course, they're going to die. So, if they die, if they're killed, what does that mean? Well, technically, she's having now, if since he's dead now, Uriah died, what's going to happen? Well, her kid is going to have a father of King David. And it's going to look all nice and neat because now her husband is dead. And, you know, that kind of happens when, when, when people die. But her husband's dead now, so he thinks he's probably thinking at this point, this is going to be okay. This is going to be fine. This is going to be okay. But just think about what he's done. Okay, so now we're going to look at verse 18, 2 Samuel 11, verse 18. Then Joab sent and told David all the things concerning the war and charged the messenger, saying, When you have finished telling the matters of the war to the king, if it happens that the king's wrath rises and says to you, Why did you approach so near to the city when you fought? Did you not know they would shoot from the wall? Who struck Embelos, the son of Jerbishit? Was it not a woman who cast a piece of a milestone on him from the wall, or a piece of a millstone from him on him from the wall, so that he died in Thebes? Yeah, some of these words, people, some of these words are so confusing. Why did you go near the wall? Then you should say your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. So the messenger went and came and told.
And so, verse 26, she mourned for her husband. That's the end of the verse there. And when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Now, remember that, you know, what he did, the murdering, having an affair, cheating, for lack of a better term, cheating on his, uh, well, having an affair. He didn't cheat, but he had an affair, caused her to have an affair. He's the king, so she's, and and this day, and this time, you know, biblical times and stuff, back then, you pretty much did what the king said, like, you know, or you could be killed or whatever. He killed Uriah because Uriah, you know. So, now that's in the Old Testament. And a lot of people want to say, oh, well, Old Testament, Old Testament, whatever. It's the Old Testament, you're right, right. And everybody says, well, if it's the Old Testament, it doesn't matter. But it does because Christ wanted us to know what was there. So we're going to look now at the New Testament. Because remember, King, King David... He had an affair, and he murdered, but he was still able, everybody's still able to repent. There's still nothing that says, I can't ask God to forgive me. Back then, they may have sacrificed an animal. Today, we actually just tell Christ, you know, we're sorry, and we move on, and he forgives us. Now, we don't do things purposely, so we can be forgiven, but, you know. It also says here, now we're going to look at... uh, Acts 13.22 And Paul wrote Acts And Paul says And when he had removed him He raised up For them David as king So David is king To continue the verse To whom also he gave testimony And said I have found David The son of Jesse A man after my own heart Who will do all my will. That's what God said. If God can say that, because the he that removed the other king was God. Man, just imagine. So anyways, just imagine that. Like, oh, wow. Totally, like, man after God's own, man after my own heart, God's own heart. And if you're a man after God's own heart, you're going to be, yeah, you're definitely, definitely going to be there. If you're if you're a man after God's own heart, it's totally cool that you can be forgiven that way. So if you think, oh, I can't be forgiven, I can't do this, I can't do that, I've just, I've done so many terrible, bad things, or whatever the case may be, just remember that he died for you. This is Diligent
up in the cross, Eddie Rose in three. I was lost in the seas, I could barely see. Blind and confused, I was only 13. Money on my mind, that I had to sell weed. I thought that pain in my heart would get healed. If I drink, I had a misconception of reality. You don't even understand what the youngest see. I pray you just receive. You would transform me if you just believe. Glory to the Father, he's a faithful king. He's the only reason I'm in your vision to see individually. People achieve their dreams, walk in the faith. You can receive what he has already gave. Open up your mouth and call on his name. He'll forgive you of your sins if you just have faith. You can have it now, the epitome of grace. He is coming back, so you better not wait. Understand his plan is awesome and great. Receive salvation or to take your faith. Receive it from the cause and now. Feel the Holy Spirit giving you power now to overcome the enemy. Victorious, eternally received it. You must like it as a savior now.
Remember to check out Acts 1322 and basically the entire 